There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Joe Biden's greatest strength against Donald Trump in the campaign was the idea that he's been around the block, he knows what he's doing, we need some basic competency back in government, no more chaos. He's lost the competency uh, uh, high marks that he was getting at one time. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No. But we've all seen the pictures, we've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17, we've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has tested positive for COVID. Ta-da! The kinds of things you need to do to counter the she-session she and turn it into a she-covery. So an interesting day today. Um, we should begin with, apart from the crazy stuff, we should begin with the the fact that, that today it's been a few days, and today was the day that, that Biden met in Washington with Mark Milling in Lloyd Austin, mm-hmm. his guys. He came back from vacation mm-hmm. last night, late at right. night, before he planned to. Met them, came back, and um, and so they had a briefing today. And I didn't see the briefing. I heard it. I was walking in the woods, essentially, when I, I heard it. Or my takeaway was this. Considering what we have in Afghanistan right now, we've got at least 10,000 civilians in Kabul somewhere. Well, in Afghanistan. Oh, Some of it? them aren't even in Kabul yet. I thought 10,000 were in Kabul, and then there's any, who how many more. Oh, I'm not anyway, sure. Anyway, there's 10,000 There's a somewhere. lot of Americans there. Right. So, so, and they can't really get through the, uh, they can't get into the airport, even though supposedly the Taliban is helping us, facilitating us getting into the airport. That's the deal. We're hearing that they can't get into the airport. And then there's, you know, 5,000, going to be 7,000 U.S. military troops. All of these people essentially surrounded by an occupied Afghanistan. So this situation is 
tenuous? Is that a word? Yes, that's a word. Does that apply here? Uh, yes. This is... I can't imagine other than the time that we've been like this. One of the guys in the commentary podcast today called it Dunkirk. It's not quite Dunkirk, but it's in. it belongs in the Dunkirk shelf. Uh, yes, actually. I that's mean, what... When I, there's on my Twitter um, a guy in the British Parliament who gave a really incredible speech about what's going on in Afghanistan... That was like what I was thinking of when I watched him was about Dunkirk and how it's like, like that. Yeah, that guy absolutely just shivved Biden too. It's very interesting. Mm -hmm. You you rarely see that. Uh, So this is a historic time for us, and that's why it's it's interesting that the administration's playing things as they are. the The idea that they're saying this, the idea that only the hacks would go out there, the military guys. Mm And Biden, of course, just has a straight-up vanilla COVID press briefing. Is With remar- no questions. Right. Is remarkable. He stumbled off at the end and just shuffled off. Is remarkable. It's obviously a very cynical attempt for them to move the news cycle along and say, okay, we're moving along. Back to COVID now and back to bad DeSantis. You got it, right? Okay. And that's not going to work right now because there's too many, there are too many interests, including media people in Kabul and Afghanistan right now mm-hmm. and it's real there and there is a the 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 tension is incredible and who knows what can happen at any any time we're getting all sorts of stories of all sorts of horrific things you don't know what's true what isn't true but none of the horrific things would be surprising the non-horrific things are the only things that are surprising so when Austin got out there today it was Austin and Millie and Kirby and none of these guys have any credibility at this point They've been so wokeified. It reminds me of the, the guy at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark when the spirit goes into his like mouth and he's mm-hmm. like, Rah! these guys have been changed forever because of their actions leading up to the last couple of weeks anyway. That uh, they're all fools to me. So, yeah, I mean, how can you take Mark Milley seriously now? Or of course, at this or point? Austin or, or or Kirby, and he, it's, it's ridiculous. These guys have been put out there in positions, and I don't not enviable positions of having to defend the indefensible and it's not over it could be just starting so what blew me away was lloyd austin went out there and started to give essentially a flag-waving american oscar speech about the proud men and women serving and he listed off this general the 82nd airborne and this person literally this person and the proud troops who have come and all of you who have ever fought remember you should be proud of everything you've done and don't be sad don't let the and I'm like, holy hell, wait a second, is everything resolved now? And this is during the closing credits we're seeing this? Or is there still a crisis? And that blew me away. And then when Millie got up there, it was more, he just got up there and he kept saying, we're not going to do an after-action report, not after-action report. These aren't going to be after-action reports. We'll look at plenty of things. In other words, telling the press to back off, don't ask him any hard questions. Right. Uh, but we're then, not going to point any, essentially saying, like, we're not going to get into how this happened at all. Not how it, yep, how it happened. And then, you know, a couple of questions they asked Austin, among other things, can you get the Americans who are there? Can you get the Americans who are in the country? Do you have the capability to go out and collect Americans? We don't have the capability to go out and collect up large uh, numbers of, of, uh, of people, Bart. All they have is a, like, back-of-the-napkin deal with the Taliban which apparently is not being honored. 
Right. The Taliban will facilitate. Tal- Taliban's not going to facilitate anything for you. They're going to facilitate your dying. They're going to. It's the same way they're going around saying, "Oh, you know, as a matter of security, we'll take your guns now. We've got. We've we made sure you're secure. We've gotten rid of all the looters. No need for you to have a gun anymore." Right. It's remarkable. So to me, it was. I mean, my only thought now is that. If you're the Taliban and you've been eating cockroaches and like uh, like camel dung now for 20 years in the desert, mm-hmm. and it's been horrific and you don't have a good life, etc., and suddenly you're handed the capital city and then handed leverage over the most powerful country in the world, is that these guys, like I said yesterday, can't scale up enough to even know what the hell to do with all this. So they're like, uh, okay, uh, okay the, we're um, negotiating with the Americans, I guess. Uh, I guess, and I don't know if they're how canny they are, and it, it's and it's crazy anyway that that we'd be in a deal with these guys facilitating Americans' entrance into the airport. Do these guys do a lot of huge command and control and crowd control movement? I mean, these are the kind of banded armies. I, but that's that's why it's so it's just crazy to me. It's just unbelievable to think that we're even there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that we have no answers. Well, there was one point in the press briefing when one journalist said, "You know, you essentially have three options here. You either create a corridor to get people safely to the airport, or you um, extend your August thirty-one deadline to get people out." Or you're not going to get all these people out. You're going to leave people there. Like, those are the only three available options to you. Like, because you way, can't. So, and which one of those are you going to do? And they both, Millie and Austin, just looked at each other like, uh, you want to take this one? I don't um, Right. Like, they, it was so know. terrible. They are, don't have any answers. There's no answers and there's nothing we can do. And we don't control another half of the airport. Mm-hmm. This is, and we, we can't move the numbers of people that would be. First of all, August 31, there's no more date. There's no more deadline. That's all gone. The Taliban control everything at this point. Yeah. They're not letting our people into the airport now. What's going to happen after the deadline? So, so I'm, I mean, we're at a total, it's not a, even a stalemate. They have all the leverage. Right. Now, this band of, uh, you know, psychotic uh, marauders have all the leverage. And so, 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 what is our? These guys went and, and Biden did it yesterday too. So these guys ran, and when the press asked questions, defended themselves. Mm-hmm. Didn't really defend the mission because the mission's indefensible. So, what is? What are the choices there? There's no choices there. I mean, it would, you just have to wait until something breaks or changes. Right now. It's one of those like like I used to say when when people would call me for directions when I was a concierge at the hotel twenty years ago, mm-hmm. and they would say, "Yeah, I'm in School Street," and 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 I'd be in School Street in Boston, and they'd call from School Street in Brighton because the new GPSs back then didn't know, or they were just using a map and they were in School Street in Brighton. And School Street in Brighton, Boston, if you don't know, are the same. Brighton is technically part of part Boston, of Boston, but about not seven really. miles away, right? So, so they were so lost and backed up, et cetera. That I would sometimes just hang up on them. 
or tell them to call me back in a few minutes. Sometimes I just hang up because I figured that no matter where they call me from in a few minutes, it can't <laughs> be as bad as it is now. So maybe that's what we're doing there. Maybe these guys are saying, well, hopefully the situation and factors change here one way or another. And then it re-scrambles the deck a little bit and maybe things look better tomorrow. That's it. I can't I can't see any other any other thing. Well, yeah, I mean just the fact that that we're telling people that our embassy told people we can't guarantee them safe passage to the airport that we essentially left the country in the dead of night and and the country collapsed in a matter of days and there was no time to get anyone out that you know i i think we have an obligation i know there's debate about whether or not we have an obligation to like our interpreters and stuff which i think we do but at the very least we have an obligation to american citizens because that should really mean something if you have an american passport and you're trapped in a stupid country where they're trying to kill you yes and the nbc said a couple of days ago said come down here with the stuff and then it said don't come down here with their stuff and then yesterday it said, come down here with your stuff. But now down here is the Arby's at the airport because we are out of the building. Yeah. And by the way, we can't actually get we, you to the airport. You, you have to get in. Good luck. Ignore the uh, flying Afghanis, uh, you know, falling off the wheel well. Right. That's it. So that's um, not a great situation. So... Yeah, I mean, I I don't I can't imagine what they're thinking right now or what the internal things going on at the Department of Defense are right now, but they had better figure out something and figure it out quickly because well, I can't imagine that any change to the situation is going to make it more tenable <laughs> for the United States right now. Well, first of all, and you, Biden you know, being like, yeah, that was five days ago. Yeah, well, how many Americans have you gotten out since it, then? Also, A couple Alice, thousand. Also, like, it was two days ago. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't four <laughs> or five days ago. So that's another thing. Well, maybe it was Sunday. Maybe that's three days ago. So here's the thing. So they're, they're, you got to think about the different people. First of all, these all these guys who spoke wokeism, did they just speak it to get gigs and maintain gigs, or do they believe it? And is, are their minds somewhere else? Two, you got people like Blinken and his guys, um, and the um, who's this guy, uh, Jake um, Jake Sullivan, Sullivan etc. Who are actually Jake Sullivan's a national security advisor, right? But that's fine. But then, he's in the unit. Yeah. and Blinken's the the Secretary of State. But, yeah. So these guys are all Biden's inner circle. They're thinking CYA. Okay, how do we still save me? How do we still save me? The generals don't know how to position what they're trying to do. Biden is being ever the politician saying, damn right it was right. We went well. Of course. What do you mean? Why would the call? Of course How many well. more generations of children will meanwhile, I send to die in Afghanistan? Meanwhile. <laughs> like that's the question. Right. Meanwhile, you've got friends, allies, once allies in the media, absolutely torpedoing this administration and they're not used to this how you know the 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 orderly part of this what went wrong and i'll tell you i do think the biggest political fallout from this is competency joe biden's greatest strength against donald trump in the campaign was the idea that he's been around the block he knows what he's doing we're facing this crisis with covid we need some basic competency back in government no more chaos He's lost the competency uh, uh, high marks that he was getting at one time. That's tough to get back. And that's incredible to hear from Chuck Todd. That mm -hmm. is, you can't take that back. When you call somebody incompetent and you're a media ally. 
Well, that like, is ridiculous. But let's listen for a second. Okay. Here's here's some more of that competency. This is Ned Price talking about civilians, yada, yada, yesterday. A little bit of this. Uh, on that point, uh, you said you have an agreement with them to let civilians pass checkpoints into the airport. We've heard from multiple Afghans. My colleagues are interviewing a family right now who were stopped at checkpoints by the Taliban and prevented from getting to the airport. This is not a singular case. Furthermore, President Biden yesterday said some of the Afghans who qualified for SIV status chose not to leave. When Jen Psaki just spoke, she said there was a contingent that did not take advantage and depart. That's a different thing. And what we've heard from Afghans on the ground is they didn't depart because they couldn't get to the airport. Is it my understanding that the U.S. is still not providing any transportation either to Americans or to SIVs trying to get to the airport to depart for these flights? I, I'll tell you what we are doing. We are doing everything we possibly can, we can, possibly can in a very fluid and dynamic and challenging security environment I understand that, to, 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 to bring to safety, things. to bring to safety uh, as many people uh, who wish uh, to do so. Uh, there are broad categories of individuals that we're prioritizing. In the first instance, uh, we uh, repatriated uh, many of our embassy staff. Ned, that's uh, not my question. My question is, are you providing any kind of transportation for people who need to get to the airport? Are you considering a safe zone around the airport to make it easier for people to access these flights if they qualify? Uh, we are doing everything we can in a challenging and dynamic security environment. We are engaging uh, with the Taliban. We've heard these assurances of safe passage. Uh, again, their words are only worth uh, their words. We are going to be looking for follow through. Uh, we but are going to be not following through is what I'm telling you. We are, we are watching very closely, Christina. This is a fluid situation. There you go. It's a fluid situation. Yeah. That and what is... Austin kept saying today is we're deconflicting. We're deconflicting right, with the yes. Taliban. That was like the word of the day at the Pentagon today was decon. Oh, is that how we say we're trying to get them not to kill Americans? You we're ever see it when it, you see a, a war footage of a, of a helicopter in a tailspin, it's tails just out of control. Mm -hmm. That's what that seemed like to me. We have, they can't describe what's on the ground. First of all, they can't polish what's on the ground and spin what's going on on the ground because they're not sure what's going on on the ground. They're not even around. This press is on the ground. So they don't know how to answer these questions. So they can't get one messaging front forward right now. Right. And because everybody, if you, the only messaging front that would quell, that would have the square, uh, square, peg fitting into the square hole is admitting that it's a disaster on every level mm -hmm. but you can't i mean they can't do that because this is the on trump administration this is like truck chuck said this is the adults are back in town and the avengers are here oh yeah these are the people that know what they're doing yes i have a question for you though about this is it possible that just nobody's actually competent that like the vast majority of people just have no idea what they're doing and are winging it like all the time. I think that's um, largely a factor. Yeah, in any capacity, and I think with government, I think the the United States government is just <clears throat> way too big, big to run. Mm -hmm. But yes, I think there can be a lot of that. I think the, the because I mean I don't think Trump's necessarily like the most competent guy, but I think that. You know, he knows how to do some stuff, obviously, like build things or whatever. Sure. But, but, you know, I think that he didn't really care to know much about how a lot of things inside the government functioned. And, you know, it, and in some ways that was actually a, 
an asset to him that he was able to kind of cut through stuff because he just didn't care about like what the process was supposed to be and what department it was supposed to go through and who was supposed well, to do it, what. I think what makes this administration different is mm-hmm. that they also weren't hired on merit. And that makes them stand out. They weren't hired. They were hired specifically. And you might say that, uh, you know, Kushner, but he wasn't really hired. He was hanging out. Uh, Omarosa was not hired on merit, <laughs> obviously. You know, she was hired on star value. But but this group was absolutely hired based on based on their identity. But, mm-hmm. And they were loud and proud about it. it and when, they, when they all were inter- brought in, Lloyd Austin, yep, you better believe it. Uh, the all-woman uh, communications team, the mm-hmm. the Native American Department of the Interior, all of them, everybody. That's all it was, right? But yes, and I think that sometimes you can't. I think that also you toxify and poison the the um, almost almost the clinical disciplined prime directive when you inject cultural activist spirituality into it mm-hmm. you can't you can't have you need these military guys have to be able to act like cold-hearted robots sometimes they have to be remember it's a military of uh, killing people and breaking things and killing people and breaking things in equity what's this factor <laughs> doesn't make any sense so no i think it, it's tar- hard for, for a lot of people to be to be uh super competent in certain times and there's a lot of unknowns but these guys supposedly had been there before, at least a military guy. And Biden has been in Washington since the 30s. So you'd figure that he would know something. Yeah, but never really in a position of, like, real responsibility. Right. And you can still tell. And he still sounds like a senator. We're, we'll, we'll do that right now. We'll play the, uh, the um, this is the um, Biden with George Stephanopoulos. This was not a good idea. If this a minute and a half that he had is a any indicator of how the rest of this interview is going to be when it's released tomorrow morning, that's uh, problematic. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? Look, I don't think it was a failure. Look, it was a simple choice, George. When the, when the Taliban, uh, let me back and put it another way. When you had the government of Afghanistan, the leader of that government getting in a plane and taking off and going to another country. When you saw the significant collapse of the of the uh, Afghan troops we had trained, up to 300,000 of them, just leaving their equipment and, and, and taking off. That was, you know, I'm not, this, it, it, that, that's what happened. That's simply what happened. So, yeah, how does that answer the question exactly? Doesn't. When you look at what's happened over the last week, was it a failure of intelligence, planning, execution, or judgment? So it was at least three of the four. Because he's describing, wait a second, they, they dropped their things and the guy took a plane away and had it. But at that time, it had already hit the fan anyway. Right. And all this stuff didn't just happen overnight, it happened all over the last few months. But we've all seen the pictures, we've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17, we've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What did you think when you first saw those pictures? What I thought was we have to gain control of this. We have to move this more quickly. We have to move in a way in which we can take control of that airport. And we did. Him going after him, that was five days ago, it was five days ago. 
Was that what Hillary said to the Benghazi people? Yeah. She said, um, you know, at this point... What the hell difference does it make? Right. In typical Biden getting angry. Four days ago, no, that's a very senator thing to do, to step on somebody. Yeah, and like what... But like what does that even mean? What's the point of that? As because the question to- was, how did you screw up so that we got to a point where we had Afghans falling from the sky into the city of Kabul because our plane took off with them stuck to it? How did that happen? Where did we go wrong where that was an outcome of your decisions? And Biden says, that was five days ago. Yeah, he's what suge- does that have he's to do with that It's been resolved by now. That's what he's suggesting. But how can they act like this is fine? Because he's trying to spin the news so that he gives George nothing and you guys do your job and go after the COVID stuff that he's talking about and go after DeSantis. This is like the most astonishing, embarrassing, all the embarrassing press conferences that Trump gave and he gave some good Mm -hmm. ones. Nothing has been embarrassing, more embarrassing than the last few days of Biden behaving this way. That speech he gave Mm -hmm. the other day where he just absolutely refused to take any responsibility for himself all this stuff it's it's the behavior of a child he's just refusing to even talk about it and just pretending that everything's fine when everybody can absolutely see that it's not fine that's this is making i think this situation more politically toxic for him him turning around and walking away today after giving an update on COVID like that was totally normal and not Mm -hmm. taking any questions while this is happening was incredible in well, my it, lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen an no, American president incredible. do anything that embarrassing. And, like, what I, I mean, I keep hearing people say, like, oh, foreign policy doesn't matter to Americans. Oh, you know, like, this is going to be our news cycle moves so fast. This is going to be forgotten by election time. Well, maybe, maybe, but not if we're still getting videos out of Afghanistan like this and there's no signs that they're going to get this situation under control. Oh, I mean, really, anytime. So, the fact that they've done absolutely nothing to solve the problem and they're continuing to act like there is no problem when everyone can see that there is, that's the problem with this. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, like Chuck Todd said, obviously, like the competency issue, but Biden's um, numbers now are dropping on everything. I mean, I think the reason they had him come out and talk about COVID was because that's the only thing where his numbers still have, where he has any approval rating left at all. Well, and where he can drag a Republican into the news cycle with him. Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, so, and you say around election time, it may not matter, but it, I think it absolutely will, because now you've, you've shown, you've seen this debacle, including the guys, like like we talked about, falling off the airplane, this total mess happening there, trapped American soldiers, trapped Americans, you know, this these crazy whacked out Taliban running the thing, and you've got Biden saying, yeah, it's fine, yeah, we did I mean, a great job. We couldn't have done it any yeah, other was, way. Yeah, there was a glitch. Just... It was five years ago, but you're right. You know, that's how we do it. So now you say, wait a second. That's what he considers the right way to do something? What else <laughs> is his right way to do something? Well, yeah. Plus, I mean, that assumes that things are going to get better for him. It really, his entire presidency has been one spectacular failure after another. In order of increasing insanity. Sure, but this is uh, this is an undeniable new level spectacle. This that you can't really get away. Oh yeah, with this. And, but, no, but, but I mean, like we've gone seen, from. I think, if, if you've another thing is that you've got 
because it's such a harmful thing, and these are these are remember all the Aaron Sorkin kids. So it's optics, 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 earned media stakeholders. All they love that. <laughs> this blows that up and is so filthy and dirty. What we're seeing in a such terrible messaging that that's why they've said, okay, guys, this is we go into full denial. Pretend it went fine. Act cool, calm. Act gaslight when somebody says, well, what could you have done better? What do you mean? We did everything better. What, do you, what were you watching? The fact that they're doing that, mm -hmm. if you're the Taliban, you're seeing that and you're saying, wow, they are so damaged by what's happening right now and so sensitive to it that we have leverage up the yin-yang with these guys. Mm -hmm. You know, and these this new Taliban 2.0 are not just the scum that we saw last time. Some Someone somewhere tripped into some education or at least some cultural, um, uh, some, you know, cultural sensitivity. And the fact that they said the word Facebook means they're more uh, with it than Biden is. Well, I mean, their spokesman is on Twitter, so. Right. So here's the third uh, Biden. So you don't think this could have been handled? This actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look. But the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Oh, well, maybe if you'd gone out and told the American people that you were going to pull out of Afghanistan but leave thousands of Americans stranded there with no way to get out of the country, maybe uh, the decision would have had a little bit different calculus. Do you not think so? Uh, He's like, I oh, yeah, I priced in all the uh, trapped American citizens being held hostage by the Taliban. That's That was part of the plan. That was It was supposed to go this way. This is great. What are you talking about? Yeah, uh, it's not what he said last month. He said that it's going to go be wonderful and they're gonna, the place is going to stand up and it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. But he, so he knew the whole time. I mean, this is such a total cluster bleep. Let me see if I've got it right here. Well, and he must just oh. be hoping that things don't get worse. But I don't see how things could not get worse. Biden, I think this is Biden from last month, July 5th. Is the Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No, it is not. Because you have the Afghan troops have 300,000 well-equipped, as well-equipped as any army in the world and an air force against something like 75,000 Taliban. It is not inevitable. You trust the Taliban, Mr. President? You trust the Taliban, sir? You, is that a serious question? It's absolutely a serious question. You trust the Taliban. You no, I do not. We're making deals with them now. The Taliban. Well, we have to trust them. Why are you Mr. President, will you amplify that question, please? Will you amplify your answer, please, why you don't trust the Taliban? It's a silly question. Do I trust the Taliban? No. But I trust the capacity of the Afghan military, who is better trained, better equipped, and more re more competent in terms of conducting war. If yes, sir. Work for the release of detained Americans, including uh, Mark, uh, uh, excuse me, Ferrix. I, I want to pronounce the name correctly. I miss I misspoke. And this, uh, starting this month, we're going to begin to re, re, relocate. We're going to be begin relocation flights for Afghanistan SIV applicants, uh, 
half of God. Maybe we should have known back then that there was a problem. on aircraft and come, commercial flights and come. And other halves believe they want to stay. We went for two reasons. One, to bring oh. Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell, as I said at the time. Ooh. So once again, he knew that they would stand up, they're much stronger, etc. So you don't think this could have been handled, this actually could have been handled better in any way? No mistakes? No, I, I, I don't think it could have been handled in a way that there, we, we're going to go back in hindsight and look, but the idea that somehow there's a way to have gotten out without chaos ensuing, I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happened. So for you, that was always priced into the decision? Yes. Oof. That is not bueno. Uh, so Biden also goes after schools and... But listen, here's a, here's a bit of audio here. This is, it, it appears, anyway, this is a an American family on one side of the barbed wire and her, their Afghan helpers, friends, whatever, on the other side, trying, and the Afghans are trying to get to the Americans, but they're not being let through. She just, that's the American who just said, to, said her name and she's screaming, yes, 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 it's me. Come on, look at this guy. Yeah, good luck with that. Uh, yeah, so- but in the meantime, there's a new narrative emerging amongst people on the left, um, which is that this is all fine in Afghanistan's self-determination. So, you know, those are not the desperate people to get out of a terrorist state that you think they are. They're actually, you know, just, um, you know, living their free life, not under the thumb of American imperialism. So someone sent me a couple screenshots through text of some of their woke friends. Here's one from Instagram. U.S. presence in Afghanistan is essentially colonialism, and the Taliban is essentially allowing the people to govern themselves. If you don't like the results, then maybe you're more conservative than you think. Okay, psycho. That psycho probably had $500,000 worth of education and Mm -hmm. doesn't realize it, but she's an a-hole Marxist, or he, whatever. And here's another one. The only developed country that has no paid maternity leave, requires prostitution for women to afford an education, is on the verge of a major rollback of abortion, and has a runaway missing and murdered indigenous women crisis, is distressed about patriarchy in Afghanistan. Uh, These are delusional people that think that there's oppression. Didn't you work at a beauty cafe to pay for college? Did you not realize that prostitution was required to go right there? It not just right an there. option, but it's this says that it it's required. It requires you prostitution to, yeah. for women to get an education. Yeah, in our country, if you want to get educated, mm-hmm. you have to become a prostitute. Literally, that's what my friends on the left think. Absolutely. All right. So, so I have a question. I want to pose something to you. Okay. We've had a couple of. Um, not only American statesmen, whatever, but some international organizations, and Nancy Pelosi, I guess she's an American stateswoman, whatever, 
mm-hmm. make these entreaties to the Taliban, talking about women and girls. We are going to ask you to treat women and girls fairly. Please think of women and girls and human rights and women and girls. And, and they use all the same woke vocabulary that they use right. when they t- do stuff here. I have a theory. And I, I'm going to run this past Okay. How about this? Just as that idiot who wrote, or those two people who wrote those Instagram things mm-hmm. are clueless, and they're, and they're big into huge progressive construct of what is good and what isn't. So we are already guilty of this place, sucks, whatever. How about this? Maybe the Taliban, in their mind, and th- that person who wrote that Instagram might as well be in the administration, might as well be Pelosi's office, might as well be- How about this? This is the way they conduct stern foreign relations, diplomatic relations. So the Taliban is not guilty, Alice, of anything they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. In the past, certainly they've been oppressed by us, the United States, which is great evil, and the Western civilization, how bad we are. So now they're they're starting their negotiations with the Taliban afresh. Mm Mm-hmm. The Taliban is absolved from anything in the past because, among other things, those aren't those aren't um, uh, egregious injustices done um, in the uh, in the uh, anywhere in the woke matrix. So now they've put together this entreaty to the Taliban using all woke words, mm-hmm. women and girls, please. You know, stakeholders, I'm sure, is in there somewhere, you know, saying, okay, we understand your thing with the bad people from before and the Bush people and whatever, and whatever, but we're going to ask you to not break any woke laws for us. Will you promise us you will? Will you promise you will? And so, and that's maybe their way of putting up this woke tripwire. So they can then say if they if the Taliban does something wrong and starts killing women and mm-hmm. well when they do, uh, they can say now we're all in. Now then it will be okay to go back and rescue now, Americans. Yes, now we're all in and we're even all in for war, whatever it takes, because the Taliban is on the wrong side of the woke revolution. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? I mean, it's possible. I've seen a little bit of that. Like I said a couple days ago, Marianne Williamson was all about protecting the women and girls but um but i think in general i think that i think that we're going to con i think that the wokies are going to continue sending strongly worded letters to the taliban about how they should treat women and girls and then when it comes to like war they're gonna say like what right do we have to tell them what to do with women and girls when we have look at our patriarchy here let's solve our own problems deal with the beam in your own eye before you look at the moat in your brother's eye because they literally can't differentiate between not being able to get an abortion at any time during your pregnancy and um what the taliban does to women they can't like that's all just the patriarchy to them so mm. I think, or like microaggressions, or like people not realizing you have they them pronouns or whatever, you know. That's all. It's all the same to them. It's all part of the patriarchy. So, like, what right do we have to go to war with the Taliban because of they how they treat women when we haven't, you know, solved our own problems yet? I think that's going to be the argument. 
you know, because you've heard like Biden and these people say, like, we're going to continue to lead with our diplomacy and to let them know that we're going to speak out on the rights of women and girls as we do all over the world. We speak out about women. and I think there's going to be a lot of speaking out and statements and things and not a lot of um, shooting bad guys, because in their world, that doesn't that doesn't solve the problem. I'm. I don't agree with you. I just. I think that the left are much more violent and vile. I think they have hate, but not towards right. the Taliban. Uh, I mean, it matters what they... those are. Bipocs. Well, there's a lot. I mean, in that area of the world, there's a lot happening. But I mean, I think that it matters what side. If they, if you fit into whatever tribe, you lose your bipoc if you're in the wrong tribe. Doesn't matter. Or, well, I mean... the Taliban didn't vote for Trump, so they, I think they're safe from the ire of lefties. Well, uh, who knows? But I don't know. Who knows? In Afghanistan, I was blown away when I read the statistic that the median age in Afghanistan is 18 years old. So half the people in the country literally don't remember anything before the U.S. being there. And I, I think it's like 65% of the country is under age 25. So it's it's a ridiculously young population. And so in that sense... You know, a lot of things could come out of this, but this is not a population that, for the most part, has lived under the Taliban before. So I guess it remains to be seen whether or not the, how much they're going to put up with. Because, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be any love lost for the United States with them because I, I, I think they're that this is going to sting this like total abandonment to the Taliban. But I don't know with the young people, you know, how much influence that's going to have over the way that the Taliban chooses to govern now. You know, because essentially most people there don't remember what it was like under the Taliban before. Seven day average of cases, Alice, in Florida on August 16th. You know what the date is today? Um, August 18th. Correct. The seventh day average on August 16th was 29,711. Okay. Seven-day average on August 17th is 24,720. Okay. Your cases are going down. Yes, they are. Bad mm-hmm. news to the left. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Deaths are also going down. Well, there's some debate about that with the deaths in Florida because they're back reporting them. Like they're reporting them as a on the day that they happen. So they're not getting them until a couple days later. So there's some debate about whether that's actually what's happening or not. But anyway. What else is going on in the world? We have Biden talking about the, the, the uh, COVID stuff, saying that you've got to, uh, governors need to do this. I don't really care. I can't hear Biden again. Well, I mean, to us, we've checked out of the public school system now, so it doesn't affect us that much. But I can say I'd be pretty mad about it if my kids were going back to school and wearing masks again. When all the teachers and all the adults and all the, you know, vulnerable people have had the opportunity now to be vaccinated. Right? I would be pretty annoyed if my kid were going to go back and wear a mask 40 hours a week in the classroom and our school district here just voted to do that 
they're mandating masks, they said, for at least a month, and then they'll reevaluate. But, I mean, you know they're just going to extend it because the same pressure that's on them now and and is making them put on masks, even though there's not science behind it, is that pressure is still going to be there, you know, the, the next time. And embarrassing though it is for everybody involved, the media is all in on the mask thing Mm -hmm. on like kids need to be wearing masks and it's not that bad. It's not damaging. It's fine. Masks are great. And so, you know, people actually believe this stuff basically. So the New York times did a piece today that was all about masks and kids. And they uh, essentially made the argument that masks are actually great and probably good for kids and they're super and anybody who doesn't want their kid to be wearing a mask is anti-science and crazy so basically the title of this piece in the new york times is actually wearing a mask can help your child learn uh then it can actually help there's no trade-off not only do masks stop COVID, which is not true but they also help your child learn. In fact, we probably should have been wearing masks all the time. Uh, so this person, Judith Danovich, who's a research psychologist, writes, Opponents of mask mandates for preschool and elementary school children have expressed concern that wearing masks will impair children's ability to learn language and socialize. These concerns are understandable but unwarranted. Although scientists don't have much data yet on how wearing masks during a pandemic affects children's development. This isn't true, by the way. We have several studies already come out that says that children born during the pandemic are have lower IQs already. <laughs> so, and I don't think it was the Wait, COVID. do we have one of those? I don't think, no. I don't think it was the COVID that gave them the lower IQ. I think mm-hmm. it was the lack of socialization. But, I mean, it remains to be seen what mechanism they find for this. But, um, you know... This person writes, indeed, there is good reason to believe that wearing a mask at school could improve certain social and cognitive skills, helping to strengthen abilities like self-control and attention. Take language learning. It's true that mouths cover. It's true that masks cover our mouths and seeing mouth shape and movement contributes to language development in infants. But learning how to communicate verbally involves a lot more than mouths, a reality that masks accentuates. It turns out that looking at eyes is also important. And that developing children spend more than twice as much time looking at adult speakers' eyes than their mouths. Children also rely on other cues, such as gesture and context, to figure out what words mean. Wearing a mask can help teach children to pay more attention to their own bodies and physical behaviors. Keeping a mask on over the course of a school day involves the kind of self-control and self-regulation that many children find challenging. Get this, so because it's uncomfortable and doesn't feel good to wear a mask and requires self-control and self-regulation, it's good to force children to do that all day. See? Makes sense. Perhaps most important, wearing masks during a pandemic is an opportunity for even young children to practice caring for their community. By preschool, children can understand that invisible germs cause illness and behaviors such as handwashing keep germs from spreading. A recent study shows that children living during COVID-19 understand illness transmission better than ever. During a time of anxiety and uncertainty, wearing a mask gives young children the ability to do something to help protect other people. For older children, mask wearing is a way to teach more sophisticated ethical 
concepts like duty and sacrifice. By age seven, children believe it feels good to make sacrifices on behalf of others in need, stressing that the discomfort and inconvenience of mask wearing are forms of generosity and public service might motivate children to address oh other God, social no problems in their real. lives. There's like no bullying way that's real. from the New York Times. Oh my God. Ultimately, how children feel about wearing masks and how much they psychologically benefit is going to depend on how parents, teachers, and caregivers around them present the issue. Masks are hopefully not here to stay, but while they are necessary, we should make the most of them. See, oh, honey, you're not the problem. Psychos. If your kid doesn't like masks, the problem is your parenting. You didn't teach them that the discomfort is just part of their duty to society at large. What a bunch of psychotic oh people. Can you Hitler believe? Youth. That's the New York Times printing yeah. that. So the paper of record. So now a bunch of people, when you say, when you go and say, I don't think it's good developmentally for my kids to wear a mask, you're going to go, oh, no, the New York Times said it's great developmentally for your kid to wear a mask. It's perfect. It's great. It's healthy for them. We, we should do it all the time. I mean, yeah, why not just, like, muzzle them? Why? I mean, all kinds of things. It, I, it's insane that that would be printed That's insane, and that but someone else, is would that say a, that. Is that not an example of all-in mentality for all these media? Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. We're all in. Don't ask and questions. Alice, the, the thing we played yesterday, even mm-hmm. with the little Connecticut story about the old couple and the guy died of COVID and they were held hands when they died, whatever, and then it was, a, it was an existing one condition too. What? Wait a second. What? What? They're all right. in. So, and not only that, the government is—I mean, not the government, but the American Academy of Pediatricians, which is like the official source for all things children's health—is purging information that used to be common knowledge that doesn't fit the narrative. They took down from their website a flyer that they used to have on their website that talked about the importance of FaceTime for babies and toddlers. So this is what the flyer used to say. Infants are happier and healthier when they feel safe and connected. The way that you and others relate to your infant affects the many new connections that are forming in the baby's brain. These early brain connections are the basis for learning, behavior, and health. Early, caring relationships prepare your baby's brain for the future. You meet your newborn's most basic needs when you regularly feed your infant, soothe your infant to sleep, and change dirty diapers. This calm and consistent care helps him feel safe. With time, the baby will link your voice, touch, and face with the soothing sense of safety. This early bond with you is the start of important social, emotional, and language skills. Make time for FaceTime. By the time babies are six to eight weeks old, they may smile back when they see a face. These social smiles are both fun and important. Make time for FaceTime. That means taking time to smile at your baby's face and return a smile whenever your baby smiles. And it goes on to talk about how the importance of, you know, seeing other human faces and talking back and forth is so important developmentally. Yes, there are blind children that also learn to develop and but that's not the way the human brain is meant to develop obviously that's a disability and children who are born blind have access to all kinds of special social and emotional and speech therapist services to learn how to develop normally because you have to do extra stuff to get children that are born with disabilities to develop normally well, the right, idea but that- also sighted children uh are not blind <laughs> they're seeing just fine and they're looking to, for things because they can see they're looking to pick up on signals. Right. I mean, you hear these stories of like parents who work a lot, like when they see see their kid and they get home and they take off their mask and their child cries when they see their face without the mask because they don't recognize them. That's insane. 
I agree. The idea, and the idea that that's like healthy and fine and that the American Academy of Pediatrics is taking down this information because it doesn't want people to think that wearing masks all day around little children is bad for them is insanity. Is this not a way for the New York Times to tell moms in yoga pants, no, don't feel bad, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. You're doing totally the right thing. Get in your Range Rover and get your Starbucks and drive around to, to uh, yoga and you're, you're fine. You're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. How... Yeah, don't, don't pay attention to that nagging voice inside you that says it seems cruel and weird to force your child to wear something smothering their face for the entire day. That's not real. That's fake. It's actually healthy and even good. It's super for kids to do that. So that's all very normal. Biden's going after states where they let parents choose whether or not to send their kid to school in a mask. Um, but that's fine. Uh, this is why I've now bowed out of the public school system. The, my only hope is that this destroys the public school system, honestly. I hope so. I hope so. But um, in uh, other woke news, in happier woke news, you'll be pleased to know that um, that some social justice activists are going after the real problems in our society, which is white women that write books about uh, foreign cuisine. Good. It's about time. Absolutely. They should be thrown in the public square and uh, caned. Right. So basically, there's this woman, Pippa Middlehurst, who... I don't like her. Her I name don't like her. isn't doing her any favors because her name is Pippa Middlehurst. What an a-hole. So, um, yeah, so that's... It's a pretty white-sounding name. But anyway, she wrote a cookbook about dumplings and noodles. Mm-hmm. Now, it turns out that she's, um, you know, a scientist and she's a chef and she studied this in China under noodle chefs specifically and Sorry, all this stuff. Sorry, Yeah, no, it's extremely problematic that a white person would, um, would write something like this. Uh, but anyway, on her Twitter, Pippi Eats... Um, she wrote back to this woman who attacked her over it named, uh, Rosalind Talison, whose, uh, social media is now locked because she said, why did a white woman write a cookbook about noodles and dumplings? And then, um, she persisted in going after Pippi Eats for, a whole bunch of tweets who got attacked and death threats and everything else for writing this cookbook. And um, then when she pushed back and said, you know, actually here are like the social justice organizations I work with here. are like, And she's super woke too, mm-hmm. obviously like here are the BIPOC women that I support and have links to all their like special things on my site, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And like, Here's organizations doing the real work. Alice, let me introduce you a little something that I've discovered called the French Revolution. And that's what this is. This is the sans culottes and the culottes right now. Yes, you're all woke. You've got the 18 uh, prerequisite woke merit badges. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to you, overnight, there was a 19th one and you don't have it. And you have to be hung. Yeah, so... Actually, um, she was hung for this. So she apologized somewhat, but this woman kept going after her, Rosalind Talison, and uh, continued and then claimed that she was being threatened by Nazis 
And eventually, now her Twitter's locked, but before that, this culminated with her tweeting, anyway, therapy cost me $130 a session, and I'm going to need it after almost 48 hours of harassment from Nazis. So right. if you didn't, if you miss it, if you think white women should be able to write cookbooks about dumplings, then you're a Nazi. I love um, how these people bully, vile bully cancelers get on Twitter and try to destroy somebody and then they receive uh, incoming fire and they're absolutely hit the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. So anyway, so her therapy costs $130 a session and she says, thank you to everyone who sees what's happening. Tips, solidarity and heart emojis appreciated and drops a link to her PayPal. Okay, well, let's hope she doesn't get hit by a truck. So what happened, Alice, is a baseball announcer called Jack Morris. Okay. And t- he, he was doing the game today with the Tigers versus the Reds. And you know the um, Japanese guy, Otani? Mm-hmm. We saw the home run derby with him. He's the greatest thing in the world. He got that, well, he didn't get, but that guy got in trouble because he said that it would be easier for the league to make him a superstar if he were if he spoke English, right, that guy? Yes, that's right. Okay, okay so but, but this is a new story. So this okay. is the announcer. Listen to what he does. Uh, Jack Otani is, I'm sorry, uh, Otani is at the plate. Now what do you do with Shohei Otani? Be very, very careful. Be very, very careful, he says. When I guess it's supposed to be a Japanese accent. The guy is Japanese. So uh, so he, so that's a hate crime. I think it's a bike, an anti-Asian hate crime. And so he had to apologize. People still want him fired. This is... Jack Morris, the announcer, uh, at some point, the uh, Jack Boots went to the booth and dragged him <laughs> for re-education, and he had to do a struggle session in front of people. Well, folks, uh, Shohei Otani is coming to the plate, and uh, it's been brought to my attention, and I sincerely apologize if I offended anybody, especially anybody in the Asian community, for what I said about pitching and being careful to uh, Jose... Or, Shohei Otani, I did not intend for any offensive thing, and I apologize if I did. Certainly respect and have the utmost respect for this guy, and uh, don't blame a pitcher for walking. So, um, so he's in trouble, and they're still going after him, saying, "Sorry, if you were offended, non-apology. You got to get rid of him. Get it's hashtag hit the road, Jack. They want this guy fired. Want them, want them gone." So, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um. What did Jack Morris do wrong? He did an Asian accent. You can't do accents. Anymore. Why can't you do accents? Because it's mocking people of Is color. It m- but don't people have accents? Yes, but if Tom Shattuck goes somewhere, actually, I actually you did people- an Australian accent the other right. day. Some people think I have a Boston accent, which I do not, of course. <laughs> And and say that I do, etc. If I go to another country, certainly if, if I'm in England or whatever, they're all going to say I have an accent. In Canada, they'll say I have an accent. If I'm in the South, they'll say it. If I'm in Australia, they'll say I have an accent. And they could talk like me. And usually when they do it, they talk really slow like an American. And they, start, <laughs> and they make fun of the... It, it, are, are actually anybody's feelings hurt? Like, who gets a flying free? The guy no, but do- that's different because of... Um- the history of offensive caricatures what of do you people mean? of color. This is we're an ocean apart from the Japanese. They're way far away. This well, is the- I don't think Japanese people in Japan are offended. That's but what like, this guy, this guy's but a that's Japanese like the, what the Doctor Seuss books got thrown out for because they had like images the, uh, 
of Asian people that like looked stereotypical. Yeah, but- so the accent sounds like a stereotype. Stereotype based on what? <laughs> the accent that they have. <laughs> right. Okay. So he's been hate crimed here. This guy who's so, yeah, considered the like he's got do... his whole life ahead of him, a young, handsome, seemingly intelligent athlete, maybe the best at the world that he is, mm-hmm. multimillionaire, maybe soon billionaire, international superstar, loved by everybody, superior human being than most people in the world. And so if you pretend that you're talking the way he talks, a crime has been done. Yes. That's great. Okay, good. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. Can we go now? Yes, we can go. Now. This is not the right time for us not to be drinking, Alice. It it would help us get through these difficult yes. days. So no. I'm back on the WD forty starting <laughs> immediately. Thank you so much, everybody. We are on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Burn Barrel Podcast.com, at Burn Barrel Podcast on Gab and Parlor. Uh, you can't find us on YouTube right now because they booted us off for talking about masks. So uh, you have to find us on Rumble now. We're uh, the Burn Barrel on Rumble. And uh, where else can you find us? Uh, Burn Barrel Podcast I'm at gmail.com. C'est la vie. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.